I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. Today, I've got a packed podcast. First up, we talk to Steve Roach about his latest album, Rest of Life. It's a deep meditation that harkens back to Structures from Silence's classic from 1984. It is the Echoes CD of the Month for March. Part of that meditation is Steve's wife, author, and musician, Linda Kahanoff. We talk to her as well about her work with Steve and with Therapy Horses. Then we're going to remember Simon Emerson. He was the founder of Afrocelt Sound System. His departure from the planet on March 13th took us by surprise. Afrocelts were a big part of the show from their debut in 1996 up through their latest release in 2018. They played live on the show three times and were interviewed even more. I'll go back to one of those Afro-Celt interviews and follow that up with my last interview with Simon Emerson when he was working with Fresh Handmade Sound for Lush Cosmetics. Before we get to all that, do you have the Echoes app yet? It's free, and it's not only the best way to hear the Echoes podcast, but it's the best way to hear Echoes online. That's our streaming subscription service where Echoes programs are available 24-7 on demand. That way you can enter the chilled Echoes move whenever you want. There's also exclusive online-only streams and Echoes shows without the talking, just the music. Just get the free Echoes app on your cell phone and you can take Echoes with you pretty much anywhere you can get a signal. Go to echoes.org to find out more about Echoes online and download the app at your usual app stores. Echoes everywhere. Now settle in for a trip to Steve Roach in the Arizona desert. In 1984, Steve Roach released what remains one of his two best-known recordings, Structures from Silence. Now, nearly 40 years later, he returns to that sound on the album, Rest of Life. It's a double CD of mostly quiet and deep ruminations. There's no didgeridoos or modular synthesizers, but there is the electric violin of his wife, Linda Kohanoff. From their home in the Arizona desert, they take us inside their world of sound, and horses. I'm talking to Steve Roach on the Riverside.fm app. He has an entire home called the Time House, where his principal studio resides. But now he sits in one of his smaller bedroom studios in the home he shares with his wife, author and equestrian therapy expert, Linda Kohanoff. Steve has a broad, expressive face framed by long, thick, and unruly grain hair. He's a big guy, and next to him, Linda looks even more petite with her curly, long brown hair tumbling down her shoulders. They've been together since Steve's 1988 album, Dreamtime Return.
Well, we've been married for 33 years. So it's probably 34 years. Yeah, probably 34 years. We met in Pensacola, Florida with his album Dreamtime Return. Celestial Harmonies Fortuna flew him down to be interviewed by me as a part of a tour that they sent Steve on for, well, like a press tour, really. Truly, yeah, it was the first big, when that album hit, you know, it had the significance around it. So we went down to the beach and we we listened to Dreamtime Return on these little speakers watching the sunset. And we just had this marvelous discussion and a lot of things in common. and, And so it just unfolded over time, just feeling of a deep connection and then over time realizing that we really wanted to be together after all. From the opening notes of Steve Roach's Rest of Life, you will hear references to Structures from Silence. So did Linda Kahanoff. It does harken back to Structures from Silence and quiet music, where you really are giving people a a rest, a a break from the intensity of life and the pace that we tend to keep, just going into that deep, restful, renewing place. At this point in my life, at this place where I have such a range to draw from, I felt really the calling at this moment to tap into what that feeling is that that music came from in the early 80s and tapping into the feeling and not the music necessarily or the you know the music itself structures quiet music that that came from you know a deeply connected sense of the space that I had to create in Los Angeles at that time for creating my own sanctuary for myself I didn't create that music for for an audience I created it I didn't have an audience at that time That's a bit of structures from silence. But rest of life comes from a musician who is 40 years and hundreds of recordings older. So it wasn't about a nostalgia trip at all. It wasn't like I'm going to go back and create a new structures or a new quiet music. It's like I'm going to rediscover or deeply connect with the essence of where that music comes from, you know, in my soul and in my creative desires and then bring it forth. And then it just, you know, it happened. I remember where Steve recorded the original structures from Silence in a small Los Angeles bungalow where the one bedroom was turned into his studio packed with Oberheim and ARP synthesizers and sequencers. He played me structures before it came out as I lay on the futon that was his bed in what would have been the living room. For rest of life, he went back to his old instruments in their current incarnations. A lot of the pieces, again, like structures, were created, you know, well, they were mostly on analog instruments, but they were created in more minimal settings. And so by removing a lot of all the choices that I have now, 
and and just bringing it back to the essence of a few instruments and then focusing upon that you know all of that i've just shared about the aspects of connecting to the soul tone of of where that quality of music uh, lives in me rest of life, Steve Roach is joined by his wife, Linda Kohanoff. She was a music critic and violist before she got involved with horses. Yeah, I wrote my first book, and it was published in 2001, The Tao of Equus, A Woman's Journey of Healing and Transformation Through the Way of the Horse. And after that book was published, people started coming from all over the world to study with me, with the horses. And I ended up writing four more books about the transformational and healing potential of the horse-human bond. Basically, what humans can learn from horses. I sold my viola to buy my my horse, Rasa, a black Arabian mare who really influenced my life and my work. And then when my first book, The Tao of Equus, came out, I got an advance for that book. So when I got that advance, I went and bought another viola and started playing again. But to work with Steve, Linda plugged in. She bought a five-string electric violin, which is why you might think there's a cello on the track, The Knowing Place. Yeah, I have a five-string now, so it has the range of a violin and viola. I just prefer the lower registers. It's really fun, actually, to have a five-string, to have the full range of a violin and viola, and then have it be able to plug directly into all the electronics to have all of these amazing effects so that I'm not trying to stand next to a microphone and deal with feedback, but just plug straight into all the effects that we can use now. She and Steve have been working together in Linda's workshops, Steve creating music for the more meditative parts and getting participants to play as well. But she's only appeared peripherally on any of his albums, usually with distant wordless vocals or spoken word. But with her new five-string electric violin, she began playing with Steve. It culminated in the 60-minute work, The Knowing Place. Linda was, had a big encouragement towards that because at first it was the space that we created in that one long session where she started out making loops and a three-track looper. And when, when you hear those isolated, that's like the core of what lit the fire on that piece. And so we've been playing around with that and enjoying, you know, just playing together and learning together. And so this piece of music came up from us just wanting to get into a space that in that case had this feeling of kind of a brave and majestic quality to that particular combination of loops that I was playing. And then dropping some of the loops down an octave so it is within the cello range, and then leaving some of them within the standard viola range, and then just having that ability to almost create your own, you know, sort of like space symphony with, with one instrument. And then from there, you know, I brought in the chordal progression piece that really builds it emotionally up and then these other viola parts would come in and so all of those things it was just a perfect alchemy of an acoustic electronic blend
more than most musicians I know, Steve Roach lives in his music. When he's composing, he'll run loops of his work, playing throughout his home, inhabiting the sound. I do. I have sound worlds running at home, and then Linda's moving into that world now. She's had zones that, you know, because this studio is just right down the hall from our bedrooms upstairs, and so there's always stuff going on, yeah. With the loopers that we use, these particular ones don't have memory, so they're there as long as you want them to be. And then at a certain point, you know, you record them off or you save them or you record them into a piece and then say goodbye and put a new one in and erase it. You know, loop music, there's a whole philosophy around that that's real beautiful. It's very Zen, sort of like it's here and you're experiencing it and then you let it go and then it's gone. So it always keeps you in a place of deep listening and of staying connected to something new. That's what's great about weaving in loops within, you know, the bigger picture. Steve Roach has been making much more frequent live performances. Every month he runs an ambient lounge in Tucson and he's closely working with the Ambient Church Series. He says it's all connected to rest of life. I'm talking with these promoters that are doing the large cathedral concerts and so this rest of life and my desire to go you know, deeper into this realm of what I love to do so deeply for the rest of my life will be part of what happens next year. Steve Roach's Rest of Life was Echo's CD of the Month in March and is out now on Project Records. to Steve Roach's Rest of Life in the posting for this podcast at echoes.org. Also, I have a link to my review of that album as the Echoes CD of the Month for March.
Next month is a great album by Heather Woods Broderick. It's called Labyrinth. Every month on Echoes, we pick out our favorite album and we send it to club members. You can join them in getting great albums like this every single month and helping to support Echoes at the same time. In fact, that Steve Roach album, that was a double CD. Just go to echoes.org, find out more about the Echoes CD of the Month Club. I'm also going to have a playlist there of all the music played in the Steve Roach feature. Once again, it's at echoes.org. Now, I want to remember Simon Emerson. He was the founder of Afro-Celt Sound System, and from the beginning, they were also friends of the show. Afro-Celt Sound System is what happens when techno, Celtic, and African music converge, a new, soulful, and propulsive sound. With African grooves that morph into electronic rhythms, singers from Ireland and Africa, Illin pipes, and African chorus, Afro-Celt Sound System made a joyful and sensual sound. Simon departed on March 13th after a long illness. He was a joyful and enthusiastic man, and he will definitely be missed here. I interviewed him several times, and I have a couple of them here today. In 2009, Afro-Celts were voted as one of 20 icons of Echoes, so at that time I put together this piece, drawn from earlier interviews. It was also at the time that their double CD compilation album, Capture, was released. Let's circle the globe with Irish Shano singer Irla Olinard, whistle player James McNally, and sound system savant, the now late Simon Emerson. Unraveling the folds of Afro-Celt sound system is like trying to find the beginning of a Celtic knot. Where's the intersection? Well, uh, where do you want to start? Musically, socially, politically, spiritually? <laughs> That's Simon Emerson, the founding member of Afro-Celt sound system. And it's little wonder he doesn't know where to start. Listen to whistle and boron player James McNally describing the first recording sessions of the group. We had a week in a hut, and it just Jamie Reed came up and put up all his hangings, wall hangings, and paintings. And the musicians would flow in. There could be Armenian shepherds coming into the studio one day, and suddenly some Indian tabla players. Afro-Celt sound system is the end result of a hundred years of rapid transit, mass communication, and technology. It's the global village gone wild. Afro-Celt sound system is a music of connection rather than chaos. It was born during a 1995 Real World Recording Week, an annual global jam session at singer Peter Gabriel's studios. But the initial idea came when Simon Emerson was working in electronic dance music and producing African musicians Manu Dibango and Baba Mal. There are obvious intersections that, um, that I heard when I first went to Senegal in 92 to work with Baba Mal. Um, you get triplets, uh, you get a lot of rhythm patterns based around, um, to put it crudely, all that kind of stuff, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, which is the kind of lilting, bubbling rhythm that you get uh, on the Irish drum, the baron, and um, throughout Irish music. And then there's the melodies, emerging of African kora and Irish harp, and the voices of Nafali Kuyate from West Africa and Ireland's Irlo Lenard. Olinard is one of the keepers of Ireland's traditional Sheno singing, although the music of Afro-Celt pushes the limits of his heritage. Gets the hell beaten out of us. 
I think, to be honest with you, the type of singing that I'm doing on this album really couldn't be classified as Shannon's at this point. The great strength and the great value of Shannon's to the project that I'm doing now is that it does dig very deep into the resources of the soul, if you like, to find what's necessary to carry off that performance. Rain Producer Martin Russell is the man responsible for stitching together the Afro-Celt quilt. You can hear the computers humming in the background of his studio, where he draws together percussion jam sessions, electronic rhythm programs, chora and whistle solos, and even bits and pieces from other songs. Well, some of the things come from being a combination of different elements. Um, some of the things, I mean, the simpler tracks, like, for instance, Onwards, I mean, that was, uh, you know, essentially based around a chord progression that we had from a track that we worked on, um, which, did, in fact, didn't make album two, but with this particular thing was a B section for it. And Nefali's original vocal was something which was kind of thrown in spontaneously, along with a lot of very free-flowing kind of, you know, out there, um, singing. You know, as soon as I sifted through that, I realised that we've got a really powerful refrain there and it was worth building a song around that. The Afro-Celts are drawing from centuries-old traditions, like that of Kora player, an African griot, and Fali Kuyate. My father and my grandfather, all my ancestors, are griots. <laughs> Irla Olinard's traditional Shando singing began sounding more like Enfale on every album, and Enfale is finding a deeper Irish melodicism in his voice. Simon Emerson. When Enfale sings on All Remains, you don't think, oh, here's an Af West African singer collaborating with a Gaelic singer. There is a musical synergy there. Afro-Celt sound system remains an open-ended exploration, and they have often included performers outside the core group, including singers Sinead O'Connor, Peter Gabriel, and Robert Plant. James McNally says it takes a certain type of musician to play with the band, like Canadian flamenco guitarist Jesse Cook. We knew instinctively he was an Afro-Celt and, and a a fellow collaborative musician that you know we, we require on a, nearly all the tracks we put together. He has a name for that quality, Afro-Celtism. Afro-Celtism, probably, maybe it's a little bit too self-satisfying to say that, but I, I feel that certain musicians we come across around the world, I've often called them, well, they're, they're definitely an Afro-Celt. It's, it's, it's a way of being musically, the language of how open they are to connect.
Simon Emerson acknowledges that there is a danger of ethno-kitsch and faux exotica for Afro-Celt sound systems' global fusion. We don't really get into massive arguments about authenticity because we've always said that, you know, we're not trying to photocopy Irish or African music in its pure authentic form. We're trying to combine roots music and make new music out of it. So, so in that sense, we're modernists, so, you know, everything's up for grabs. But Irla O'Renard feels it's even deeper than that. He recalls an Afro-Celt sound system tour through Berlin. We were sitting around talking and smoking and having a chat and some of us were in bed and Nafali started singing a song very quietly on the Cora. And we just thought, you know, what a lovely song. But then our names started being mentioned. And it was a song of praise. And Musa started singing as well from the other end of the bus, this song of praise. It was at that point that I really felt that we had truly connected with these guys to the extent where they really trusted us, really understood how much we cared about them, and perhaps also understood the value of being in a band that can progress that sort of thinking. James McNally puts it in slightly more cosmic terms. I mean, the Afrikaans have gone beyond a place in Ireland or a place in Africa to me. What the music means to me now is, is almost I could walk on any part of the world and, and feeling as if I belong. Almost as feels I'm outside the actual cosmos looking back down on it. Afrokelt's sound system has been on something of a hiatus over the last five years. But they have a new double CD collection coming out called Capture, and they're promising a return with new music. Echoes listeners voted them number 15 of 20 icons of Echoes. For Echoes, I'm Kimberly Haas. I was asked to write liner notes for that album, Capture. They only used a little bit of what I wrote, but you can read the whole thing in the Echoes News section at echoes.org. Sadly, Afro-Celt split into two factions, with Martin Russell and James McNally going one way, and Simon Emerson and Fale Kuyate and Johnny Kelsey going another. For a while, Simon worked with his English folk project, The Imagined Village, and then became music director for the cosmetic company Lush, producing CDs for in-store sales. Now, we get dozens of spa albums into Echoes with titles like Chakra Balance, Deep Healing Elements, and Spa, Touch Music for Massage. Most of them are pretty forgettable, if not outright insipid, but occasionally one leaps off the massage table, especially when it has the name Simon Emerson attached to it. From about 2014 to 2018, he created music designed for specific massage therapies at lush spas around the world. In 2014, I caught up with Emerson and his Lush Sound Collective at the Lush Spa opening in Philadelphia. Spa music is one of the cliches of the New Age movement. It's an entire cottage industry of music meant to soothe the mind while the body was being massaged into submission. So when Simon Emerson contacted me about the music he was making for Lush Spas, I was pretty skeptical. Emerson is a founding member of Afro-Celt Sound System and they did not make spa music.
Given this lineage and sound, I was even more skeptical of Emerson's spa music. So is his partner, Simon Richmond. The dual concept <laughs> of musicians and smelling good isn't <laughs> a familiar marriage. I can tell you that from experience. <laughs> but it's in a funny way, it's a marriage made in heaven. It's been amazing. You know, we've been writing bespoke music for these spa treatments that are like... I guess they're like a cross between a sound installation, you get immersed in the sound and the smells, and they're extraordinary. It's all the senses, isn't it? It's all the senses. Bald and stocky, Simon Emerson looks like a less threatening version of Michael Chiklis's Vic Mackey character on The Shield. Simon Richmond is equally bald but slender, wearing a red plaid shirt. Sitara Shima Mukherjee is dressed down from the colorful Indian regalia she wore at the Philadelphia Lush Spa opening. She's under a hood of thick black hair with black mascara and a black dress. These musicians and others have become the house band for Lush Spas, operating under the umbrella Fresh Handmade Sound. That's a marketing reference to the Lush cosmetic slogan. It's not a place Emerson expected to be. Afro-Celts were on an indefinite hiatus, and he was working with The Imagined Village, his English folk music project, when he was approached by Mark Constantine, one of the founders of Lush Cosmetics. The more we got into it, I realized we weren't making spa music. I mean, I've got to say, if there's one genre of music I don't get, I really dislike it's that kind of, you know, spa music. Say it, new age, new age music. <laughs> yeah, new age music, and um, you, I, can, I can guarantee you don't get that. In, in, in any of these treatments. While it could be argued that the Fresh Handmade Sound Collective is making music to order, almost as if they were writing jingles, Simon Richmond insists it's been artistically liberating. What you're asking is, is it strange as musicians to be working so hand-in-hand, hand-in-soapy glove? (laughs) Absolutely. It is really interesting because, on one level, I occasionally catch myself thinking, well, I'm feeling quite distanced from the music industry. And occasionally that weirds me out a bit. And then I think, actually, this last year or so, in terms of production budgets, in terms of quality of music, in terms of freedom of expression, I don't think I've ever been more musical. Shima Mukherjee. The other thing is there's, there's no patrons anymore in, in, in music. There's nobody there who's going to help you create the music you want to create and just actually just being naturally creative. I mean, I do a lot of theatre work and I'm always working to a kind of, you know, you have to do it like this and then you have to change it all the time. And with this, I found it's, it's been very nice just to be able to, just to, be able to play. Simon Emerson and his fresh handmade sound collective have gone far and wide for their music. Many of their albums are pastoral fantasies like Synesthesia. Others have more world music influences like The Sound Bath. I'm guiding for new love. 
And there are even sea shanties for one spa treatment. Walking with ghosts, but that is a really good physical workout. I mean, that was designed by Gavin, who's a sports therapist. And again, I said to Mark, this isn't going to work. You can't have sea shanties and massage people. But people love it because it's all about pulling on the rigging, physical work. Says Jack to himself, I've a mind to try to see if a poor sailor can win that prize. Almost all of the fresh handmade sound albums are laced with bird songs recorded by Lush Cosmetics founder Mark Constantine. He's a bird sound recordist and a very um, famous one as well. He runs a company that's recorded every European bird and he wanted to incorporate bird song into these treatments as well as music so that was the first hook. One of the most inventive recordings is a hard day's night treatment. It takes music from the Beatles and spins it through the fresh handmade sound aesthetic. There's an ethereal folk-like approach which even gives hard pop rockers like the title piece a melancholic sound. Yeah I mean we around about that point which was pretty much the, one of the first things we did on the treatment. Simon and I were just sitting in your back back room and piano and a guitar, an occasional beat coming up, just finding grooves that sat and seemed to work with what was going to be a kind of fairly vigorous massage about working out knots and things like that, but also stuff that we just thought would be interesting to do to the music. So, um, yeah, with Hard Day's Night, obviously we've, we've taken some of, the, some of those tunes which are slightly more kind of that Mersey beat, backbeat kind of thing, and injected a slightly more soulful angle in. It's been a hard day's night And I've been working like a dog It's been a hard day's night I should be sleeping like a log A hard day's night treatment is also an example of the way they work with massage therapists to design the spa sessions. Simon Emerson describes part of a hard day's night treatment. What happens is you have a very physical massage and around the time of flying they actually wrap um, cotton around your legs and you get this kind of stretching. At one point we were thinking of actually lifting people up into the air um, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> and then it gets much more meditative and there's a, I, I think for me the version of golden slumbers that Cy did with Jackie Oates is extraordinary. Um, I mean, that's just jaw-dropping, you know. Um, and at that point, you've gone into a very deep trance, really. So, yeah, yeah, I tend to cry through that one. <laughs> yeah, Jackie's, Jackie's kind of been my vocal muse for a few years, and one of the problems with that is that most of the time when she sings, I start to weep. And it, she's just got a voice of such ridiculous purity, and when she hits a spot, it's, it's untouchable. Once there was a way to get back home. Once there was a way to get back home. Sleep, pretty darling, do not cry. And I will see. Simon Emerson and Simon Richmond have no regrets about going down the spa music path. 
I mean, Mark, when he, when he, when he sat me down, he said, well, Simon, um, we're going to pay you a good wage and you're going to be massaged and by beautiful women and you're going to come out smelling sweeter than you've ever done before. And I thought, well, you know, it's a tough gig. Somebody's got to do it. It isn't a loud display. It's every day. You whisper in my ear. The latest album from Fresh Handmade Sound is A Hard Day's Night Treatment. You have to go to Liverpool for that spa session, but lush spas are currently open in Philadelphia and New York City. For Echoes, I'm John DiLiberto. Simon Emerson with the Fresh Handmade Collective. They also played live on Echoes at the time of this interview. And that concert is up now on the Echoes website at echoes.org. You can just feel the joy, knowledge, and enthusiasm in Simon Emerson. And his spirit is definitely going to be missed. He died on March 13th, 2023. He was only 67. Coincidentally, that lush spa in Philadelphia, well, that's also gone. Next week, I've got another deep interview when I go back to the complete 1982 Vangelis interview. I'm John DiLiberto. This has been the Echoes Podcast from PRX. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online right now or whenever you want.